Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 124. Got a really good show lined up for you today. We're going to talk about the challenges for coaches trying to merge new players into an existing team and how it's uh, not really as easy as just saying, hey, Sally, meet your new teammate. So before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsors. First off, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Now let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you could help us out by becoming a patron, Coach Don and I would truly appreciate it. If you're interested, you just go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. There's three different levels of support. They're all explained to you there. And certainly we're fortunate. We've got a great group of patrons that have supported us and, and kept us going. But we would love to add some more people to the list of patrons. So if you're in a position where you can help, please do so. All right, Don. So here's our challenge. We've got an existing team and we see these posts on Facebook all the time and you know, different uh, outlets of coaches reaching out, trying to get a player or two or three or four to add to their team. And the challenge I've always seen with that, and I guess the biggest problem for these coaches as they try to venture into that area, is how exactly do you go about merging those kids together? You've got these brand new kids that are totally new to the team. And then of course, you've got a group of kids that might have known each other for years. No, that can definitely be a challenge because obviously, if everybody feels good and feels comfortable, they're going to perform better. And I think the, the first level of that challenge is with the coaches and parents and trying to not create a, a pressured environment because it's already going to be pressure filled for the new ones, right? Right. They're, they're coming in and trying to show what they can accomplish or what they're capable of. And often, and we talk about this all the time too, often when we try too hard, that spoils the mix. And that kind of puts us in a situation where we're pulling our head or we're overthrowing or we're doing things in a rush, trying to show how well we're capable of performing. But often that really creates a situation where we don't do as well as we could. Right. When I think the challenge is uh, when we think about this is, you know, typically we talk about uh, the travel ball world where we're, we're bringing new players into an existing team. But the same is true at the college level or the, at the high school level. You know, sure. You've got returning kids that are coming back, and then you've got that incoming class of freshmen, or maybe you have a transfer or a new kid that moves into the school district, whatever it might be. And I think it's always hard to be the new kid, but I also think in a lot of ways it's, it's a little bit challenging to be the existing kids too because you're sort of used to the way things are. You kind of like the way things are. All of a sudden, here comes somebody in, maybe uh, going to rock the boat a little bit. No, that's that's a definite thought for sure, whether it's a position that you're used to playing or because they're just a little better at that or that you're needed in a different spot. You know, you've got to do the best you can to perform well wherever the coaches put you. And if it is different, then that might be 
kind of challenging for you too. You're right. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what the coaches have to be the proactive people. They've got to look at this and say, hey, we know we're going to be changing the dynamic. We're, we're doing something that we know for sure is going to change our team. And I think they have to go into it with their eyes wide open, making sure that they're thinking about how could this impact? Who's it going to impact? Trying to handle it head on. As I think one of the first things that everybody thinks about, if you're the new player coming in, is am I going to get to play? If you're the existing player who might play the same position or wants to play the same position, is how is it going to affect me? Yeah, no, that's uh, it can be kind of exciting because it's new and we need the new players that are coming in. But uh, again, making sure that everybody's comfortable is, I think, the, the first level is the coaches, maybe team captains, you know, things like that. But also the parents, too, creating an environment where um, we express to the kids that they don't have to prove their worthiness all in that first little stretch of time that that it is going to be a a journey where we're we're growing together and you know the team building things stuff like that and again if it's a an immediate need where we got somebody that we're playing this weekend or if it's a a new player that's going to just be joining us for the you know for the next season coming up I guess could be also a factor huh yeah well I think the uh you know the total wild card is the pickup player as the new player but uh that that challenge i think is a little bit different just because you know that that's going to undoubtedly be a short-term one one-off kind of thing doesn't really right. change the team dynamic permanently where it does uh so when uh, we add a player to the roster when we post that thing on on social media to add two more players to our roster we find those two kids and then we bring them into the mix so what do you think about the idea of uh uh, team building activities, maybe doing some things besides just practicing early on to give all the kids a chance to get to know each other. Maybe the families get to know each other. No, I know we, we talk about, uh, you know, some of the long practices that we have, having meals, doing things together like that. But uh, I like the idea of, of other activities, whether it's rafting day where everybody goes and gets to spend time, eat a meal or two together and find out what people are all about away from softball or you know maybe a rock climbing day where we all get in the harness and try and climb the wall and try and get over a couple of our fears maybe of heights and things like that together and you know we've heard of a bunch of different team building things that I think are uh, a nice fun way for us to be away from softball but still be growing together. To me I think there's many different strategies that coaches can use. I think the team building idea, getting away and doing something away from practice, doing something away from actual truly just softball stuff is really valuable and would go a long way because I think it allows the new kids to feel a little bit less threatened and a little bit less threatening, I guess, at the same time. You know, they're not out there just trying to show how they fit into the softball team, but they have more of a chance to kind of relax and just kind of fit in and not have to worry about, you know, proving their worth as players. Because I think one of the hardest things when you're a new kid coming in, to me, I think the hardest thing is you come into a situation and you you would think that the reason you've been selected or the reason that the coach wanted you to join the team is because you're good enough to play. You don't know for sure until you get out there and actually get to, to show that you are. And I think that that can be a really scary thing because if, uh, if a player, as you said earlier, Don, thinks they've got to go out and show everything they can do in the first 15 minutes, the first uh, you know day of practice or whatever it is, chances are that's a disaster waiting to happen. No, that's when we perform poorly and you know sometimes even get hurt because we try too hard. Yeah. 
So coaches, we want to think about doing some away from practice types of activities, some team building activities. Second thing I think it's important that uh, coaches get in front of right away is talking about roles and expectations and how they think players do fit together. And I think if, you know, depending again on the situation, in some situations it's purely, you know, you know it's 100% competitive, the best player is going to win a spot, the coach is going to make their decisions based on that. There's other situations where players are being brought in, you know, maybe with uh, some sort of a promise of playing time or some sort of a expectation of a split of playing time or something like that. But I think whatever the, the expectation is, it's up to the coaches to get ahead of that and, and lay that out for everybody up front so that there's no misunderstandings and no surprises. No, I think that's a great point, Tori, too. And again, we always talk about communication, but as a player or even as another coach, if you're sitting and watching and, and wondering, you know, what's going to happen, you're distracted from or, you know, potentially you could be distracted from the things that you really need to be focused on. But if we're talking about the things and how things are going to go, whether it's a pitching rotation or whatever it might be, then we're not spending time and energy wondering how things are going to go. So I think sharing that up front is definitely going to be something that's important for a, a really strong team. Right. Well, I think the thing that coaches have to realize is that those things are being discussed, whether you're the one leading the discussion or not. So the best way to make sure that it gets handled the right way is for you to be the person leading the discussion. If you're leaving it up to the parents to be sitting in the stands at practice trying to sort out who's going to be the starting shortstop, you know, they're going to have their own little discussion going. If you're leaving it up to the kids who are trying to sort it out and figure it out and you know, what they think is going to happen, sitting in the dugout in every break at practice or whatever, I think obviously we're going to have some pretty big problems. I think sometimes coaches look at it and think that it's not something that they should have to uh, take the time to, to uh, explain, but I think if we don't take the time on the front end, it's going to bite us in the butt later on. Yeah, no, I think that's going to create a stronger environment for everybody, right? Yeah. So, and then uh, the last thing I thought of that I think is, is really important is that um, as we get started and we're practicing and we're, you know, we're out there with the kids as much as possible to try to incorporate everybody and treat everybody as if they've been an existing part of the team already. I know there's always going to be some learning curve. There's going to be some stuff that some of the kids maybe don't know quite as well as others. That kind of stuff's going to always be going on. But to me, I think one of the biggest mistakes we can make is to continually stop practice to explain things over again to the new kids. Make it a big deal that they're new and don't know the things. You know, I think it's one of those, um, again, I don't think we need to solve all those problems right up front on the very first practice. And so if we're working on cutoffs and we explain it once and then we throw the kids out there and one of the new kids is struggling with something a little bit, just kind of let it play a little bit. Don't keep stopping and talking and stopping and talking because then the kids who think they know and are already pretty comfortable with how things are being done, they're going to get very frustrated because they don't want to keep having to review and review and review stuff that they already think they know. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point too, Tori. And they're going to be there a while, so they'll they'll pick it up as they go. But there may be things that you can share with them on their own before so it isn't necessarily impeding on the progress of practice. And right. Was also too thinking that uh, you know we should have some some team captains or, or or leader type people as well that can also take it upon themselves to casually share things about the group and, and how things flow too. Yeah, well, I know uh, in the college setting, you know, we always had this uh, idea of big sister, little sister, so that the veteran players were supposed to be teaching the younger players some of the like just how we do things, things 
uh, before we ever even got to practice. Some of that worked out great. Some of it didn't work out very well at all over time. But I think that the more we can involve the kids that are already on the team into folding the new kids into the team and helping them feel like they're part of things as quickly as possible, I think that's going to ease that transition too. And so I think there's a lot of things that we can be thinking about, but as coaches, it's up to us to take the lead on this thing. If we think it's going to just sort itself out, all of a sudden we're just going to wake up one day and have one big happy family of players that have uh, miraculously fit themselves together somehow, I think we're living in a, in a softball dream world. Yeah, which would be nice, but... <laughs> would be nice, but it's not happening in, in our lifetimes, I don't think. So that's going to wrap up number 124. As always, please reach out to us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com with suggestions or ideas. As always, please support our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company and patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Check out the fastpitchprep.com website. You can order your square cuts training discs there. They're $49.95 a dozen. And we'll get them shipped out to you right away. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Santa Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.